Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 121 of Thyroid Nation Radio, live talk show and podcast brought to you by Just Thrive Probiotics. I'm Dana. And I'm Tiffany, and we'll be your hosts for today. Today, we are talking with an integrative medicine expert, doctor of sexology, psychotherapist, board-certified functional medicine provider, Ayurvedic practitioner, medicine woman, best-selling author, speaker, and mother of four, Dr. Keisha Ewers, about solving the autoimmune puzzle and the link to trauma, childhood trauma. And that's also the title of her book, Solving the Autoimmune Puzzle. And we are so excited to finally talk to her. We've tried to have her on the show and just uh, I think last time we got our wires crossed. So it's really, really great to have her today. And she is just lovely, right? Mm-hmm. She is just lovely. So we're very, very excited. Of course, we want you to absolutely check out Thrive Probiotics. It's a uh, spore-based probiotic, so it's a little bit different than what people are used to. We want you to sign up for their email because you can learn all kinds of things about Thrive Probiotics and what makes them different, not just the spore. Um, they'll also share with you uh, one of our favorites. Dana's my favorite, a 30-day spore-based probiotic um, that was done associated with 42% reduction in endotoxins, 24% reduction in triglycerides. There are studies on college students and how uh, there's no mycotoxin. I mean, it's just amazingness. So we want you to make sure that you check those out. Dana and I both take them with great success. Um, yeah, I, I think mm. they're amazing, to be honest. Mm. I'm enjoying it immensely. And how about you guys? I know you have some some benefits. Well, my energy, my energy yeah. is so much different when I don't take it. It's like one of those things where, like, I think about it. Like, oh, did I? Like, you, you know, you have to take your thyroid medicine and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm like, oh, yay, I get to take. You know, it's just this strange thing. I just know it makes me feel better, so I don't want to miss it. Like, I, right. I'd even be fine missing my thyroid medicine. Like, eh. Whatever, I take it every day, rest of my life, whatever. <laughs> this thing, I'm not missing. So, I, right? I'm the same better. way. You I'm know, like, just I'm because not... I take my thyroid medicine doesn't mean it makes me feel better, like immediately or, you know, whatever. I still have all these other right. issues I have to work on. But this thing, I love it and it does make me feel better. So, which is yeah. one of those things. Regularity, fatigue, mm-hmm. brain fog. Um, and, of course, it is actually proven to reduce the symptoms of leaky gut. So that's huge. Totally. That's huge for us. So make sure you check out thriveprobiotic.com. We are completely honored to be sponsored by them and want to share share the amazingness. Yep. We do. And it looks that like we have. simple. It does. <laughs> it looks like she's with us, though, already, before, right in the middle of our spiel. So we're going to just. We're going to ding her in and get this, uh, you know, going with get her. Get this Want loveliness to? started. Absolutely. Good morning. Can you hear us okay? Yes. It's so great to be here. Hi. Oh, my goodness. And you have a lovely voice, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> smiling. You can tell she's smiling. I love that. I know, right? <laughs> well, where are you calling in from today? I am in the Seattle area. All right. So lots of trees changing and beautiful fall weather? Yes, it's amazing. I just love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. <laughs> I have never been there, and I would. I am excited. It's a bucket list for me. 
Oh, it's you know, it's just gorgeous. Uh, I've I lived 21 places by the time I was 14, all over the world. Oh my gosh! And I've lived here for 18 years now, which is the longest I've ever lived anywhere in my whole life. And the first time I flew over the Pacific Northwest to to come here, I realized it was going to be home, and it was just so nice because a lot of people out there have had kindergarten friends and you know like people that they've been in touch with their whole lives and <laughs> I was this rolling stone because my family was in the Navy and uh, it was just so great to put down roots and it's just a great place I really love it so with all that traveling do you have a favorite do you have a favorite spot like where your your mind wanders back to that loveliness here yeah here I have yeah, we have a, a a home on San Juan Island that I do a lot of my my medicine mystic medicine retreats on, and it's that's the place. Like that, it's an island off the coast of the state of Washington. The orcas, you can see them from the shore. There are bald eagles oh. everywhere. It's just a magical. There are no traffic lights. You know, it's, it's just this very calm very pristine no genetically modified seeds you know the water is wonderful we can go out in our kayaks and we we uh harvest kelp you know we can dry it and grind it up and put it in our food and get those fabulous sea vegetables and it's just great i just love it wow and i'm looking at your mystic medicine mandala uh coloring and i just love it you have a new book out oh i desperately want yesterday just yesterday how yeah. exciting. Wow. Oh, that is very cool. <laughs> I definitely want this. Now now I've got another bucket list item. How fabulous. Well, Good it's very you. inexpensive, and there are 80, 80 images in there, and it's just, you know, we just have to have those things that we can do that will let <laughs> us drop into the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest, and not have us be always keyed up. And I think... You know, coloring these mandalas, uh, studies have shown this over and over again. That's why adult coloring books are such a, a great thing is because it allows people to really just kind of drop into their core, play with color, you know, and, and be in this meditative state. And how often do we really get that? So this is a nice tool for that, which is why I wrote it. I, I thought, what a fantastic tool for people to have to you know, like if you're traveling and you're in an airport, you can pull it out in color, you know, instead of feeling like you're stressed out because your flight's late or, you know, there's so many people around or whatever. You can just drop into something that will let you remain relaxed, which, of course, is the best thing for your body ever. So that that was the idea behind it. And just the way you said rest and digest made me, like, it made my shoulders, <laughs> like, relax. Yes. I mean, you know, just, just, you know, rest and digest. We need it and we need to be reminded. We need to remind ourselves. So how great that you could, you know, sit down and color and, you know, just kind of everything kicks in. I love it. Fabulous. I can't wait to see it. Not only coloring, but color is so therapeutic. Yeah. I know every time for me, every time I see green and blues, I'm like, oh, it's just so, so Mm -hmm. relaxing. But I love the color on the top of the of the coloring book. It's kind of like a fuchsia and orange and sparkly, and that's just amazing as it is looking at it. <laughs> it is. Color We're just happy is so today. therapeutic, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's have a minute, you know, in all of her color therapies and. Yeah, the, 
Oh, well, yeah, Tiff, you're one of those big color therapy people, and I I totally jumped on the bandwagon with that. I mean, I'm very visual, and I love that whole, you know, like paintings that are colorful and things. I think Jenny, uh, one of my friends, has a really amazing painting in her house, and it just, every time I walk by, it it just stops down and and look at it because it's one of those... One right. of those just, you know, relaxing things. So it would be great to be a painter. Woo. <laughs> My spare time. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Everyone can be a painter. See, now you have a coloring book you can do it in. That's right. Mm. I love that. Okay, so mm-hmm. we love to ask, you know, history and and you're so passionate and all of this amazing energy and everything. How did you get involved in in this line of work and autoimmunity and helping women heal and and we'd love to hear how you start your story. Well, you know, I have a radio show too and I always love to hear people's stories about how they came to do what they're doing right? and and mine was just this, you know, I I always think I'm 52 now, so I think about my life now in chapters and I was in this chapter of my life from the age of 19 until about 30 where I was a an intensive care unit nurse, you know, and everything that I did was high intensity and adrenaline junkie. I I used to skydive before I had children. You know, I just, I was a marathon runner, just really high productivity and achievement oriented. You could say type A, quite driven. (laughs) And my friends called me an energizer bunny, you know, and I was just really known for that. And then one day, and this is how so many people relay this to me in my office now where, and I'll use air quotes, all of a sudden I got sick. And this is exactly how I experienced autoimmune disease. You know, one day we're packing and we're getting ready to go to Disney World. I had four children. They're bouncing off the walls because we're all so excited to go to Disney World. And the next morning I woke up and my joints were swollen and inflamed, and I, it was as if I'd been unplugged from my battery. I just, I couldn't move. I was so exhausted. I could hardly even get out of bed, and I thought, what is going on? Who stole my body during the night and left me with this? So I got in to see my doctor, and I went, and on, I had x-rays and lab work, and I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and I said, What? You know, how in the world do I have this? And she asked me, do you have any family history of autoimmune disease? And I remember the story goes, and I never knew him because he died about the age I am now, actually, uh, in his early 50s. But my grandfather had had rheumatoid arthritis when he died. And I thought, oh, yeah. And she said, yeah, well, I'm, I'm afraid you drew the short end of the genetic lottery. And here are a couple of prescriptions, you know, for, of course, methotrexate and non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And uh, I thought I took them, and I I went home, and as I was driving home, I thought there's got to be a different way because I knew what the side effect profile of some of these drugs were. And, of course, I went on the Internet when I got home and started doing my own research and thought there's no way I'm going to take this stuff and, and have a mother, you know, how my kids have a mother that has – a, just a completely different life than they had been exposed to <laughs> before that chapter. And so I started really looking in PubMed where we go for our medical research and looking to see if there were any other options for autoimmune disease. And I was kind of looking in broad strokes at autoimmune disease in general. And I found a couple of articles on yoga. 
And so I went, and I remember telling my friends this, my running partners, oh, I'm going to a yoga class in the morning. I've never hung out with people that chant. I'm really worried. I was so conservative. (laughs) I was so conservative. Conservative in which way? The adrenaline junkie Every way you could possibly think. I I wouldn't have known an herb if it had bitten me in the butt. (laughs) And, I, you know, I was just completely Western medicine. And, oh, my gosh, it was just crazy. So, um, <laughs> obviously not comfortable around people that I, that didn't think like me. I mean, just really conservative. And so, uh, I wound up running to the yoga studio, pushing through my pain. Cause that's the kind of person I was and taking my first yoga class. And that was this really interesting, just, just the first words. If, if you, other, you know, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to me have taken a yoga class and had the yoga teacher say, leave your ego at the door. Don't look at everyone else. Don't compare yourself to everyone else. Well, of course, was how I lived my life. And I thought, oh, because when you're running marathons, you're always, you always have this pacer bunny in front of you that you're trying to catch. You know, you're always comparing yourself to your own personal record time. You're always pushing yeah, first yoga class was the very first time, you guys, that I really felt what it felt like to not push, to just breathe into my body. You know, the, all those words. I became a yoga teacher, of course, and, at, at, you know, <laughs> saying those words to people, it would always just amuse me about where I'd started, you know, and and. I could I could always spot the the me coming through the door later and just want to hug her and say it's okay you're gonna be fine you know and so I learned how to meditate I learned yoga and I started um, developing this love affair with the sister science of yoga which is Ayurvedic medicine and Ayurveda is ten thousand years old comes from India and one of the great revolutionary principles of that that I took on was that we're not all the same because you know in western medicine we match drug to symptom and everybody is the same and it's not true because all you have to do is be in a hospital for about 10 red hot seconds and you will find that people are in there with side effects from medications because we're not all the same (laughs) and you'll find that you know there are people with obesity and they have infections of various kinds because we're not all the same and yet we haven't figured that out and ayurveda did this thousands of years ago. So I realized, you know, here's who I am. Here's my body type. There's just how to feed and water and take care of myself. And I started doing it and learned how to meditate. And in my meditation practice, one day I was sitting there examining the word autoimmune. And I realized it meant I was attacking myself. Auto means I'm killing me. I'm committing suicide. And I thought, why? And that was the most profound question I could have possibly asked. Instead of how do I get out of this pain, how do I alleviate it, how do I stop everything, why do I have it in the first place? That was really life-transforming, and it started me in this new chapter. And I started going back to the first time I wanted to die. And that was like following this little golden breadcrumb trail all the way back. And I found this 10-year-old little girl version of myself that had been sexually abused by the vice principal of my elementary school in fifth grade. And I thought, oh, I really wanted to die then. And my cells agreed with me. They said, okay. And every autoimmune disease takes at least 10 years. It can be anywhere from 10 to 30 years to develop into adulthood. And so it was actually as if I had a turkey timer in me. 20 years after that event, ping, I had RA. 
And it was the most amazing moment for me because I thought, okay, there is a connection here. And so I got up off my cushion, and that's where I started really working the hardest. And I had changed my diet. I had figured out food sensitivities. I'd done all these things that Ayurveda had asked me to do, and now I was working on the emotional and mental layer. And within six months, my RA was reversed, and I have not had another flicker of autoimmune disease in 22 years. Wow. Yep. Let's just I'm sit with that fielding. moment. Let's <laughs> right just, now. Yeah, flower field moment. Let's just sit with that because that is fantastic. I just want to absorb that. This is that's the stuff. Amazing. And that's why in Powerful my book, is the you know, Solving the Autoimmune Puzzle, I write about four corners of every autoimmune disease because we're all a unique puzzle. And again, we try to make autoimmune disease into separate diseases, Hashimoto's, Graves, RA, lupus, MS, eczema, Raynaud's disease, osteoporosis, diabetes. We have, all, you know, we have 145 autoimmune diseases out there. And we're reclassifying current diseases constantly and saying, oh, that's actually autoimmune. That's us attacking us. And we're starting to realize, like, this is a pandemic. We're not going down in our incidence. We're going up because we're starting to realize just how big this is. And the way that I think about it is, we just like Ayurveda does, is that we're all our unique puzzle. We have our own unique reasons, you know, the why that this got flipped on and the four corners of the puzzle to solve it, to begin, you know, every puzzle, we always know we have to start with the four corner pieces and then we do the edge pieces and then we fill in the middle. And so those four corner pieces are your genetics. And I have RA in my genes, but I don't have it anymore. And we know that we have this epigenetic power now. We can flip genes off. And so we have to know, like, what is the formula for our unique genetic milieu? And then we have our leaky gut, because everybody with autoimmune disease has leaky gut, and you have to fix that. And then we have our exposure to toxins and our body's ability to get rid of said toxins. And those toxins are not just mercury and lead and PCB and, you know, the things that are in our environment, but also our thoughts and our emotional, the way that we deal with our past stuff. And then the fourth piece of the puzzle is what the ACEs study, which we could talk about, talked about, which is adverse childhood experiences. And what I've come to discover after being in medicine for over 30 years is that nobody came out of childhood without trauma. And we have capital T trauma and we have lowercase t trauma. And people will say, well, I wasn't sexually abused. You know, I had a pretty good, like, leave it to beaver sort of childhood. But as I go talk a little bit more and, and elicit answers to questions when I ask people. I just had someone in my office last week that was 72 that said, I had a really good, and then it turns out her brother just hated her when she was born because she was an encroachment on his time with his parents, and she could never figure out why she was always picked on by him. She felt unworthy to even be on the planet because he just would never embrace her and love her as a sibling. That is trauma. 
It's a day-in and day-out trauma. You trip in the lunchroom in front of the cute boy and cute girl in middle school, you know, that that time of life that's the worst that we ever have to live. (laughs) And, you know, it's a trauma. And we make up meanings because our brains are not fully developed until we're 26 years old. And we make up these meanings, and then we have behaviors that follow those meanings. And we carry those into adulthood. And the great thing is is that you can go back and reframe them and reexamine them and reclaim your power. And that is a big, huge part of reversing autoimmune disease. And I reverse Hashimoto's in my practice all the time because Hashimoto's is so fantastically easy to talk about because it's your thyroid. And with women, if you're not advocating for yourself, if you're not speaking your truth, there's an energetic component to this. And so we we work on that level along with the other three, and then everything can kind of get that that immune system to get out of a hyper vigilant mode into a more relaxed mode. You know, like we were talking about with the coloring book, you want your immune system to be relaxed. You don't want it to be beating everything up that it sees. Well, I'm teary, so I just need a minute. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's <clears throat> it's such an underspoken component. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It And the more you talk to people, particularly with Hashimoto's, the more you realize the emotional or physical or, or both trauma that came um, from childhood, you know, that's involved in that. And you see people that, that literally, like, they're doing all the right things. You know, it's funny that you talk mm-hmm. about the four corners. You know they're they're doing the gluten dairy free. They're they're working to heal their gut. They're doing all of these things, and they're just not getting better. Right. You know, and Dana and I have talked about that. I don't for about maybe the last six months. We're like there is there is a component that right. prevents somebody from healing, no matter what they're doing. You know what I mean? I and do. You nailed it. I mean it's it's a yeah. it's a a complete emotional it's like healing your child healing the child right. within that 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 has to be part of the protocol or it doesn't work it might work for a short time but then you get you it's almost like you just feel super extra fragile and you get knocked right back you know it's right. like there's a whole different strength that comes from healing that Well, the word that you just used is really important, and that's fragility, because one of the most important things that you have to develop in adulthood to age well, period, whether you're talking about Hashimoto's or any other uh, chronic illness, is resilience. I mean, that is one of the most important words that's coming out of brain research and anti-aging research is resilience. Our cells have to be resilient. Our immune system has to be resilient. We have to be resilient. Your body is only the record keeper of what's going on in your mind. And I find, and people probably aren't going to like hearing this, but I, you know, I just got done with one of my deep immersion mystic medicine retreats just last weekend. And, and I find that we have this victim consciousness in our culture right now where everyone's racing to be the most victimized or the most oppressed, mm-hmm. the one that has it the worst, you know, whether it's genders or sexuality or religion or politics or, or countries. I mean, it just, you name it, we're all trying to be the one that has it the worst. And 
this is not the kind of culture that we, our generation, emerged from. You know, we had World War II and, and you know, the comic book culture where there were heroes, you know, and people were really looking up to heroes. And we had a unification of certain countries fighting against an obvious enemy that was, you know, trying to kill off an entire race of people. And, you know, in World War II, it was just really cut and dried. You could really see. Well, the way that I think of it now and <laughs> that I kind of feel like, um, you know, I take up a sword against this every minute of my waking life is my biggest enemy now is victimization. And we've all been victimized and we have all hurt other people. We have also been the perpetrator, whether it's been inadvertent or consciously. We have hurt people. Right. And yet we always want to hold on to our story of how we are oppressed and you know that's the thing that keeps you sick that is the missing piece because you are so right I see women and men that come in my clinic day in and day out that are just so frustrated they spent thousands of dollars they have spent hours of time trying to fix and I'm putting that in quotes themselves or have other someone else fix them on the three, um, you know, Fasano elements of autoimmunity that get out in every research study, which is leaky gut, toxins, and genetics. But this fourth piece, which is why I call it the missing piece, is not being dealt with. And it can have lip service, like, oh, yeah, I forgave that a long time ago, or I've done therapy around that. But then when I start really getting, scratching just the barest surface, then as someone tells their story, they're still crying, you know, and so they haven't gotten to the point, and this is where I get people to, where they can actually be grateful. Do you know that my sexual abuse event is the best thing that ever happened to me? And my RA, second best thing that ever happened to me. Because what I realize now, after treading this path and healing it and getting to where I am today, is that spiritually, I believe I probably signed up for my parents. I signed up for some of these big events because I needed to learn how to forgive. Well, if you're going to learn how to forgive, you're really going to have to be hurt. And then I needed to do my life purpose, which was to help other people do this too. And so then I had to move through these different parts of life that I have had in these other chapters. It's part of what makes my tapestry of life so vibrant and colorful. You can't have just twinkly flutes in a symphony. You have to have kettle drums and trombones too, you know. Right, and right. so everyone like really wants to attach to always having everything be stress-free. And actually, you know, if and this again, I could get in trouble because not everybody believes the same thing spiritually, but I really believe that life is supposed to be kind of like what I call a spiritual gymnasium. And all of the things that God gives us that or life hands us or the universe pitches to us that are challenging are meant to be kind of like when you go to the gym and you put a weight in your hand and you move it up and down you get a muscle it's developing your resilience your spiritual muscle your and your emotional muscle your mental muscle you're not supposed to just do push-ups so part of life is learning how to become stronger in the face of adversity. And so adversity is a given in life. And if you keep thinking it's, you can somehow pray it away or avoid it, you're going to be severely disappointed because that is not how life is. And I find a lot of my patients are, have these expectations of life that are not 
going to ever be met, and therefore they are always going to suffer and be unhappy, and therefore they will always be sick. And so that's why I started really working on this level with people of, okay, you know, let's, let's really get you so you're excited to get to the gym. We don't always like getting up in the morning and going and exercising, but nonetheless we know it's healthy for us. And so if we can say, okay, this challenge that's coming along, we may not like it, but it's, it actually has some higher purpose and it will make us stronger. And once you can get kind of excited about that and make it be part of your workout routine, then you don't have this uh, abject suffering and victim stance that keeps it locked in your body. You start really, like, going after it. And, yeah, like you said earlier, it sounds like you're smiling. I mean, I smile all the time. You know, it's, it's because, gosh, I'm so excited, you know. I'm in my Ph.D. program now of life. <laughs> right. Ph.D. of life. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I've just been over here kind of, you know, crying and going through all these emotions, and uh, you've hit home with so many things. I'm just um, I'm grateful. I'm also flipping through your book again. And looking at the four corners and uh, thinking, oh, this is this is maybe a two or three reader. <laughs> um, I love it. I've this heard that. Really, yeah, it really is. It's also one I, I want to pass on, um, but I, they can't have it right now. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go back and and reread. Um, yeah. Seriously, the, but the trauma aspect is something people really don't, or you know, mental, uh, spiritual aspect really needs to be addressed and isn't and this uh, show is like the right time because you know we've had so many people on we've talked to so many cool experts and doctors and um, we haven't really kind of uh, you know just barely scratched the surface of this topic so I really really appreciate that you're going there with this because it it needs to be said and uh, people really need to, to think about it so I just wanted to add my little two cents in there because I'm over here all emotional. So uh, it's a good well, thing. I mean, bless you, and and I'm just so happy that you're allowing that emotion. That's another thing that can make us sick is when we don't allow it. We don't allow tears to come. They then get stifled inside of us, and we have a problem. I want to add something to this, um, and that is that a lot of times when people hear me say these things, they'll say, oh, so you're saying this is my fault then. And that's based on a paradigm that I was really, I'm, I'm all about getting people out of, which is the idea that there's fault, you know, and that, that you actually have to have something to blame for where your body is. This is another forgiveness aspect that I work with my patients and students on is forgiving your body for the idea that it has betrayed you because if you're hurting, the first thing you want, I mean, have you ever had this experience where you get up really suddenly and maybe you left the cupboard door open and you knock your head on the corner of it and then you want to hit the cupboard? You know, it's just like, you know, we have this lashing out that we do where we really want to blame something for the pain we're in. And that's a natural response, you know, and you see if an animal is cornered, they're going to come out fighting. You know, we don't, we don't like to feel trapped. And oftentimes one of the things that will happen is that when you're in a body that isn't performing the way that you're used to it performing, you know, as I told you my story one day, I'm, 
I'm very highly motivated and efficiently achieving every goal that I have. And then the next day I'm just laid out, right, in this body that I don't even recognize. And you can go into a victim place with that very quickly of not trusting your body, just like if your partner has an affair, you you know, you lose trust in the the marriage bond that you have or the relationship bond of what you thought was true now is not true. And, you know, if if you lose all your money in the stock market, I've seen I saw that happen in 2008. I had several patients that came in just devastated because, you know, the trust they had in the economy had fallen out and uh, we do this with government, we do it with the FDA, we do it with agribusiness, we do it with the pharmaceutical industry, and with our insurance companies, you know, where we, we feel like, oh, I trusted you and now you're not there for me. That, again, is another component of life, of realizing, and this is one of the things I, I really want people to hear, is you have to know what the people and your body and the government and, you know, whatever it is that you're feeling that you can't trust is good for. So, in other words, if you have a relationship, a friend, that you wish would do something else than what they're doing, they would call you on your birthday or they would call you instead of you having to call them. And they keep demonstrating that they're not capable of doing that. That's not part of their personality and they're not going to do that. And then you're going to be frustrated all the time. Again, it's back to these expectations. Then you have a choice. You either change your expectations and recognize what this person in front of you is good for because they're telling you. And we always want to change everything, even though it's telling us clearly what it's good for. And that's not possible. The only thing you can do is change your expectations or walk away. Well, when you have a body that's not functioning up to the level you want it to, then it's hard to walk away from that, and yet we do. We really disconnect from a body that doesn't work well, and we then sort of drag it around with a mind to different doctor's offices and say, fix it. And I'll be back later, just like your car, right? And it doesn't work. And so sometimes we'll become more enlightened and we'll get into functional medicine and we'll we'll say, okay, tell me what to do to fix it, and I will be good. I will do everything. And I'll go gluten-free. I'll take everything. Sugar out of my diet. I'll do everything. And then, it, you know, if it doesn't work, then you're mad. And you're mad at the doctor because, see, everything you're telling me, and I've spent all this money with you and all these supplements, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we all know the story. But your body is clearly telling you that it wants something different than that. And instead, we just hang up on it. You know, if we're not hearing what we want to hear, we hang up the phone. And what's really necessary is that, you know, like I said, that day that I was meditating and I started thinking about the word autoimmunity, I didn't hang up on myself. I said, oh, I'm committing suicide. When is the first day I wanted to die that I can remember? Because everybody, whether they acknowledge it or not, has had days that they don't want to get up in the morning. It's part of the human experience where things get so heavy and awful that we would just really not, we'd prefer not to wake up in the morning. When's the first time that happened, right? And so it's this willingness to be very curious about what your body's trying to say to you and sticking with it, not hanging up on it. That's huge, and that's a huge piece of what I'm trying to always tell people is it's not about fault. There's no blaming and shaming here. It's just information. Feedback that you're getting from your body doesn't have an emotional tie into it until you put it there. So 
you know, just like your lab testing, if your TSH comes back and it's 13 and a month ago it was 1.5, then we can either get into a swirl about that or we can be really curious, right, without the emotional blaming, shaming, who's responsible for this, right? We mm-hmm. can say, wow, that's interesting feedback. So why is that happening, I wonder, and really getting curious. And I don't think we're curious enough about this. We just want to be out of pain. We want our TSH to be in the magic place. We want our TPO to be normal. We, you know, we want to have our weight, the scale, reflect what we want to see it. We want to be the clothing size that we dream of. We want to have the energy level that we want to do, everything that we dream about. But there is some reason there's some reason that you haven't tagged yet for your body hanging on to this. And so curiosity is really important in self-inquiry. And so um, getting out of that, it's, it, you know, so you're telling me it's my fault? You know, that, that piece is a black and white thinking that actually keeps people sick because there's a judgment in there. And I write about this in my book about getting out of the judgment place and really getting into the curious place of, wow, so what's happening for me right now? Like, why is that going on, I wonder? And and just be really willing to go there without the, the blaming and shaming and fault-finding. I'm telling you, I'm in a perpetual flower field. I, I'm not a speechless person, and I am speechless. Like, I can't even – there's – so many questions and so many things that are going through my head. I can't even tell you. <laughs> you know, I, I've gone beyond the blaming and shaming. I don't blame and shame. I believe that, you know, everything has its purpose and its lesson and everything. But can you tell me the difference, define the difference between resilience and survival? Like, mm-hmm. I would not call myself resilient at all. I would call myself in continual survival mode. Now, just just a quick tidbit of my history is I was a critically ill child, hospitalized a lot, and, you know, I had hemolytic remix syndrome. There were children dying around me. It was I spent a lot of time in critical care. So I was also sexually abused, and I don't blame anybody or anything like that, but I do know that, that is, both of those pieces mm-hmm. are a huge... Oh, I want to use the right word here, but hindrance to my healing. Does that make sense? And no, I don't blame anybody. Does. I don't blame anybody. That's that's not where I am. I've moved way past that. But I w- when you say the word resilient, mm-hmm. Keisha, what pops into my head is survivor. I would not right. refer to myself as resilient. And I'm really intrigued it's like a little sparkly carrot for me when you said resilient. It was comforting for me to even hear the word. I want to be resilient, not in constant survival. Does that make sense? I oh, know yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm like, tell me what's, what resilient means. Define that. Define yeah. that. How do we get to resilient? You're my most out of survival. patient. Yeah. So is this Tiffany? Yeah. Okay. So, Tiffany, first of all, as you were telling me that, I just wanted to go back and scoop up that little girl and just love on her and hug her and tell her she's going to live to be the most amazing adult, you know, and that she's going to be great and this will all pass. And that's 
what I need you to do. I mean, the impulse that I have as a mother of four children is what I need you to do for that little girl constantly. This is something that that's really important, Tiffany, and part of your healing is that whenever you feel that survival come up in your body, that I'm just barely catching my breath all the time. Uh-huh. I need you to take some deep breaths and go back and just scoop her up out of that hospital bed and take her to a calm, safe place that is yours and only yours. And this is what I help my patients do is to develop a calm, safe place. Do you have a place like that? No. Like a a mountain or a forest or a meadow or by a river or by the beach? What calls to you? A uh, beach, yes, for sure. So let's build you a beach place and just a space, you know, by the water. And close your eyes and really picture what does that beach look like, your beach. And bring in all the colors and the sounds and the smells. Even how the salty air tastes on your tongue and the temperature of the air, sun on your skin. You're really building this place that is your private, calming place. And when you're there, in your mind's eye, what is it that you feel being there? Relaxed. So let's use that word, relaxed. And I want you to repeat it just silently in your mind and picture the beach. Picture where you feel that relaxation in your body. Where do you feel it in your body? My abdomen. So breathe into that space. What color is relaxation in your abdomen? Green. So breathe that green, beautiful, peaceful, relaxed space. And just in your mind, repeat, relax, three times. And what you're doing is you're anchoring what's called a resource space into yourself. Oftentimes when we're young and we have a story like you have, we we never learned that there was a safe place on the planet for us. Kids oh, no, Every, my entire childhood was... Waiting for the shoe to drop. Right. That shoe that, you know, even when I got out of the hospital, my parents took me on a trip around the United States because nobody was really sure how long I was going to live. Like, I've spent 47 years waiting for that shoe. Right. So this this is the betrayal of the body, okay? So this is what you're doing is you're creating a space for yourself that you never had. And it's never too late. And everyone that can hear my voice, I want you to do the same thing, is find a space and build it. It's your imagination. You get to create it. And then breathe into it often throughout the day. I have a worksheet and an audio on my website that's called Creating Calm, Safe Place Within because you're not alone, Tiffany. So many people don't have a place like this. And this is where you begin. This is where you start, is that, yes, there's a safe place for you, and you are in charge of it, and you get to build it. That's the first step. Because, like I said, hospital rooms did not create that sense of safety for you, and so that was your imprinting in your cells very early. 
So this is where you start. You start imprinting yourself with a different message, with a different way of being, and you just really breathe that green light. Here's the here's the secret a lot of people don't understand is that <laughs> as long as you can breathe into your belly and relax it, I call it getting a flabby abby, you know, like just <laughs> letting your abdominal muscles go and breathing into that space. That's where most of us carry our tension, and that's why we get leaky gut. Cortisol goes right there and starts ripping apart that gut wall. So as long as you can relax it and, you know, go against the messaging you've heard your whole life of hold your belly in, right? Just oh, my gosh. I was just about to say that. I mean, I remember yeah. my mom telling me. Exactly. I catch myself doing it all the time, and I've been on this yep. planet 48 years, and I'm pretty sure that – the majority yep, of it. You're relearning. You're relearning a new skill. Nobody, stomach. nobody comes out a childhood with every skill that they need. And so, to develop resilience, you have to sometimes go back and reframe beliefs and behaviors that you learned in childhood because they don't serve you. So you just let that that abdomen relax. And here's the secret: if you can breathe into that belly and make it pregnant with your inhale, and then exhale it back towards your spine and make it concave. You cannot be tense. You cannot have fear and breathe into that belly in that way. You cannot be in survival mode and breathe into your belly at that way. You can't do it. It's actually biologically impossible. So as long as you can say that word three times in your mind, relax, relax, bring yourself back to your beach, breathe into your belly, then you're pulling yourself out of survival and you are by default developing your first steps of being resilient. And that's where I'm going to leave it for you because you have a big story and you have to take it one step at a time, and that's your first step. Mm. I and love you that. Thank bring, you. <laughs> you're welcome. And you can go bring that little girl from every one of those moments that you flash back to of survival. You take her and you bring her to that beach place and you just cuddle her and tell her what she didn't hear back then which is you are going to not only survive, but you are going to thrive, little one. And you are the greatest gift to this world. You are light, and you're going to make a profound difference in so many people's lives just because of what you're going through right now. And I am here with you 24-7. If you're frightened, you turn to me. I've got you, baby. I love you. And you do not have to be perfect, and you don't have to survive anymore because I've got this. You get to relax, and that's what you're going to practice, Tiffany. She Mm. needed to hear that back then, and she didn't. And this is the reframing and reclaiming your power. And this is how you develop resilience because you start to let her know that those experiences were the ones that were putting her on the foundational place of where you are today, helping all these people that are listening to you right now. I'm telling you, I'm just laying in it. I'm laying in the flower. Good. <laughs> I'm listening to the show. <laughs> I do. Like, uh, hello. Are we supposed to be talking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. That's just wow. too funny. That is just, that was, it's, it's so simple and so powerful. 
That's right. And when you come in January, January 18th to the 22nd is my next deep immersion retreat, and we're actually working with the mind. And come, and you'll see, like, I only let eight people come, and we do this medicine wheel, and you get to hear everyone else's stories, and you get to share your story. And as I do this work on a deeper level than what we just did in 10 minutes, you not only heal from your own story, but other people heal, heal from your story because everyone that has heard your story just now or that heard my story at the beginning resonated. There were people that resonated with it that have similar stories, and that's the beauty of working in a group is because you go, oh, I'm not alone. The right. story that I have is part of a human experience. It's not me just suffering in isolation. It's actually part of this larger plan for humans on Earth. Wow, that's so freeing. It's so empowering because then as you do this work, and there's so much more to do from where we just ended, but you get to, like I said, develop resilience. And I call it, um, the way I, I started thinking about it a long time ago is that our childhood survival belief system of what we decide when we were kids was not wrong. It was perfect for where we were in that age group, for the wise mind of the child to survive. But we kind of built our spine, you could say, or our structure off of that belief that we just are barely surviving. And so once we dismantle that, like I just did, and you feel kind of like wobbly and and floaty, you know, and okay, well, if I'm not that, then who am I? Then you start building this more powerful structure and framework, and you can kind of think of it as building the spine out of powerful beliefs. And it's not just saying positive affirmations every day. You can see why that doesn't work. You really do have to go back and discover what it was that fueled the survival in the first place. And it's not done with just thinking about it or talking about your story. It actually has to be rewired in your brain. It has to be as a trauma release. And then you get to replace it with something else. And that something else is done with a fully developed brain because our our brains aren't fully developed till we're 26 years old. So now at your age, you get this opportunity to go back and say, oh, now I'm going to replace that with this. And then it integrates everything from the past to the present instead of separates where, oh, that was then and now is now, but actually they are influencing each other, as you've just said. I don't know what the definition of resilience is. I'm surviving. Well, what people will have come up for them often in this kind of work as I work with them is um, instead of resilience, they'll have resistance. And the resistance is, no, I learned from a very early age that this is true. And they resist giving it up, and that's what keeps us sick. Right. And, you know, because it's a sense, it's, in a sense it is power, but it's a dysfunctional way of power. It's a victim power. Exactly, and, yes. I, yeah, I and it, <laughs> yeah, and and so that resistance then inhibits resilience. It's the barrier, as you said. So... So it's letting that, oh, okay. And so this healing has to occur in very in a lot of layers. That's why whenever anyone says, oh, I did a lot of work around that already, you know, but they're still sitting in front of me with an obvious autoimmune disease, <laughs> right. I go, okay, right. well, good. You know, so 
that's right. that layer. Now we have another one, you know. And and what I tell people is, please don't have the expectation that you have one and done. That's just not that's not the way it right. goes. And right. in fact, this beautiful thing of you know, the hurts that we have when we're young actually will be with us until the day we die. But what you get is you get this opportunity to be more powerful with it. And then when you do, when your train does go off the rails and you're derailed in some way, you can bring it back a lot faster. I still get mad at my husband. I still get triggered right. from my childhood stuff, right? I still, you know, they're, you know, wake up sometimes depressed. But I get the train back on the tracks really quickly right. now because I have the resilience tools. part. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the yoga class because I took my very first yoga class, you know, uh, <laughs> the other day. Oh. And it was fascinating to me because, you know, and I've always been very active in dancing and sports and all these different things. And it was fascinating to me because I'm not comfortable with quiet. It's like I feel like, you know, I always have to be moving forward. Like I always have to be doing something proactively. You know what I'm saying? Like even my, even in my thought process, you know, it never stops. What was fascinating to me about yoga was it was the very first time, well, number one, I realized that I genuinely don't know how to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for one. It's a good thing and to learn. It's a good thing to learn, Yes. And then, because afterwards, because they were friends of mine, they're like, Tiffany, you have to come. So I, I went, and, and afterwards I'm like, uh, I know this may sound like a silly question, but do you guys have a breathing class? <laughs> I said, because I really need to learn how to breathe. I need to learn how to breathe, because I realized very quickly that I did not know how to breathe properly. But I was also, the, the nice thing about it, I mean, it was a sound bath too, which which is what I enjoyed so much, but I actually was comfortable just being there and quiet for a moment. I was relaxed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It sounds so odd, but I, I, I hope there's some people out there that can resonate with that. But I, I was genuinely comfortable with myself in the moment for the first time ever in my life. And it was It was fairly profound for me. <laughs> That's so great. now That's hearing amazing. this, I'm like, man, I've got me some serious tools going on here. I mean, I'm 48. I'll be 48 on Saturday. <laughs> like, this is the year. <laughs> Happy birthday. Right? <laughs> Happy birthday to me. That's and it, right. it sounds crazy, but I've always, I've always hated birthdays. That sounds really stupid, but you would think it would have just been a huge celebration. But so I know I, we're I almost never... out of time, but I actually want to interrupt you right there because I'm going to give you one more tool. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to interrupt the host, my bad. No, no, that's um, okay. But, but right there, I want everyone to hear that hears my voice to, to look at your language. That sounds crazy, that sounds stupid. Every single time that you have that judgment, you're, you're judgmental. Judging myself. Every time you yeah. judge yourself in that way, right, you're, you're actually inhibiting resilience. So it doesn't sound any of those things, Right. It's just my thought that I was having, and I fully accept it. And that's that's what you, that's where I am right this minute, and I'm going to be somewhere different in the next minute. And that's resilience. That's allowing that softness. 
So that's just one more thing. Just watch your language. Everyone always asks me at the end of interviews, what's the one pearl you're going to leave with our listeners today? And that's the one thing I always leave is watch your language. I don't care about shit, damn hell. I care about how you speak to yourself about yourself. If you make a slip. I just had a talk with my daughter uh, regarding that same exact thing because she was, you know, saying some things the other day like, you know, you know, as a 13-year-old would say, like, I suck at math or, you know, just silly things. And I said, you know right. what, we're going to re- we're gonna reword that. We're going to re- – if you – you know, I understand what you're trying to say to me. You're, you know, hate, right. you hate math and you suck at math. How about math isn't my favorite or I have lots of other things I do? You know, she was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to work on that because the suggestions you just gave me don't really get it, Mom, but I do understand what you're saying. Yeah, and wonderful! Just, what a great parenting moment! Yeah, what a great parenting moment! Yeah, I'm saying it's easy for me to do that with them, right. but not so easy for me to do with me. That's that little girl thing that you were talking about. That's, exactly. That's, and here's the deal: they actually don't do the "do as I say, not as I do" thing. They pick up whatever it is you're not saying to them. They're they're picking up what you're doing. So that's where anytime there's a parent I'm talking to, I'm saying to them, if you can't do it for you, do it because you want a role model to your children. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we got one pearl. Is there another pearl? I'm going to actually leave it with that, that and having okay. a calm, safe place. Because oftentimes people will walk away from me completely overwhelmed <laughs> because there's so mm-hmm. many things. And so I've learned to just kind of leave one or two to start with, right? Let's right. start with this. Breathe into your belly. You cannot be tense if you can breathe into your belly. Make it pregnant with your breath. If you can do that, then you will be able to undo a fight-or-flight response. And then really watch your language because that's what starts your fight or flight in the first place is what's going on between your ears. So that is where we begin all healing is really working with that. Hey, well, I'm peaceful. I'm quiet. (laughs) And, you know, my shoulders are relaxed. No, my stomach's relaxed. You should see me. (laughs) I'm so glad. You should see me trying to breathe into my belly. Make it yeah. pregnant. Make it. Pre- I'm like I'm okay. Okay, this is how it, that's what I'm doing while you're talking. <laughs> it's pregnant with possibilities oh instead of tense with fear of scarcity. Pregnant with possibilities. Uh, I love that and resilient. I'm actually going to paint myself something that says resilient. Beautiful. Oh, that I can look at. I love that word. There's something about that word to me that is so inviting and soothing and resilient. Resilient. Yeah. <laughs> and you have four babies too, Tiff. So I know. Uh, when she was talking about uh, having four children, you guys are, are very similar in a lot of ways. Just hearing both of you talk, and uh, <laughs> I know that you're that you're on a, a really good path. And I really hope that you do go and visit uh, on January 18th. I think that would be really wonderful for you. Hmm. I would love to. Honestly, I'm going to get off and get your book. <laughs> I love those tools, you know, because they, you know, we deal with so much, as you know, Keisha, of, of you know, like you said, a very f- fairly medical paradigm, you know, this, right. do this. And there's, right. there's just, there's a component that I know, not only for myself, but for other people, too, is a huge component. In it, and it's literally like, 
99% of the ball game, and that other one is 1%. And we, we kind of we have it reversed. Right. You know what I mean? Where I usually it's, say it is half food. It's 50% because, I mean, I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink caffeine. I don't eat any grains. I don't eat dairy. I don't eat soy. Um, I eat whole foods. I juice every morning with vegetables, not fruit. I don't eat sugar. I I am very clean, and I You're walk proactive, my talk. right. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do all of those things. Um, but also, the other 50% is your mind. And so that part, you can't have it lag behind. So, yeah. Obviously, today's a, a big wake-up call for that. And I hope that's the main thing that people take away from the show today is to catch up. Catch yeah. up. Get your brain going. Never get too it on late. The same page. Never too yeah. late. Mm, How about new and exciting? Leave us with a new and exciting thing. We see you take these amazing trips, and and <laughs> January is the excitement. Is the that's the focal point. Yeah. So I I do these retreats. Um, we just did the body one in November. The mind is in January. Emotions are in April, and then spirit is in summertime. There's a component of each one of those in every one. We just do this deeper immersion into it. And whoever shows up is what we do for them. But it's it's a pretty profound experience. So that's new and exciting coming up is the mind one. And then um, the coloring book. So a great mm-hmm. way to get your mind to unwind. And then I have a new book coming out next year on mystic medicine. And I, I use the word mystic because it means mystery. And and it's we hide the mystery, the, the answer to all of our problems from ourselves. No one else is hiding it. And so all the things we just talked about are in this book. Mm. Mm. Can't wait. Now, when does that due out? You said next year? Next year, yep. I'm working on it still. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds amazing. It, it sounds does. amazing. It does. And everybody can find you at drkeisha.com, correct? Yeah, D-R-K-E-E-S-H-A.com. We'll cover that at the end. We know you have to go. We have absolutely loved Thank talking you. with you. Could keep talking and talking. I had lots more questions. I saw this trip that you took, I don't know where, to with these indigenous people on your Facebook page, and I wanted to go there, and I wanted to ask you all these things, but, but we'll get to it. We'll have you back on the show. This has been so fabulous. Um, I really, really appreciate everything that you said today. Uh, I took it to heart. I'm just going to go back and listen to the show and read your book again. Thanks for having me on, you guys, and for the great work you're doing. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you Have a great day. Bye-bye. She is lovely. Mm. I'm still on. Lovely. Are you guys still (laughs) live? Are you guys? We are. We are, yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I'll hang up. I was just going to ask how to get the recording. So (laughs) love you guys. You're lovely, too. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. I'll send it it to you. you. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. And you are lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Her mm, voice. She's mm-hmm. just she's lovely. She is she's healing in the body. That sounds she that is. sounds so interesting, but she is. I know. <laughs> and I'm gonna make myself a promise. You know how much I hate promises. I am gonna paint myself something that says resilient. I love that. I think you should. I love that word. I'm serious. And I really think I'm you should try and go in January, and I'm going to keep saying it to to keep you accountable and thinking about it because I think you're at a really good place right now, Tiff, and sure, you don't I'm do enough for I'm you. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> you don't do enough I'm for ready. you. It's time. 
It's time, January 18th. And what a beautiful place. What a wonderful place. And you always, you said you, it's on your bucket list, so it's happening. I'm thinking so, yeah. I'm cruising her site right now, all the different colors and the there's a, a thing called the libido cure and it's mm. all gold and sparkly and <laughs> I'm a color junkie right now. Isn't that crazy? And I'm gonna give a shout out to the to the Kathy next to me at the farmers market because she paints mandalas and oh my God <laughs> they're so healing. They're so healing, just the vibrant color and she has the I thought I had the world's most amazing job, but she has the world's most amazing job <laughs> of color and they're just so beautiful. They're just they're just amazing. Amazing. Color is amazing. Color and breath and look at all these things are free and right in front of us and we just have to grab it. Mhm. What a lovely I'm show. So she was right lovely, <laughs> and the show was lovely, and I'm relaxed, and my belly's sticking out, and I'm breathing possibilities into my belly, and I'm just happy. you got to make happy. a meme of that. Breathe pregnant possibilities into your belly, Dr. Yep. Keisha. <laughs> All things Dr. Keisha, www.drkeesha.com. Yeah. <sighs> mm. I'm so glad we finally had her on. I know. She is amazing. And don't forget to check out her book, uh, Solving the um, Autoimmune Protocol. I mean, excuse me, I, I'm getting confused because I'm looking puzzle. at her. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at her a mandala book, and I'm talking about her uh, autoimmune We're book. We're tongue-tied. So, <laughs> I know, I'm totally tongue-tied. Um, solving the Autoimmune <laughs> Puzzle. Check that out. It's really wonderful. Uh, she also has a coloring book, and as she said, she has a spot for eight women um, coming up in January for her mystic yeah, weekends that she does. Mm-hmm. She and was really lovely. Medicine Mandala. Mm-hmm. Beautiful coloring color. book. I'm not a colorer, but I love the colors, and maybe I should be a colorer. I'm going to mm-hmm. get one. Yeah, you should. Oh. And Thank you, guys. Uh, as always, we do the show for you, and we really appreciate uh, you know you joining us. And we would love a review. So if you get a moment and you do like what we do, please leave us a review on iTunes. We would so so appreciate it. <sighs> and of course, you can find you can find um, all the radio shows uh, on iTunes. You can download them. You can listen to them later. You can listen to them again at your leisure, Stitcher, Google Play. Pretty much everywhere you can listen as you walk, uh, listen as you relax your belly and breathe into your shoulders. So uh, we're everywhere. Absolutely. And please make sure to check out Thrive Probiotic. Get on their email list. Right now they're, they're doing some myths about probiotics, just all things wonderful. It is working very well for both me and Dana, and we are so grateful to have them as a sponsor. So thriveprobiotic.com. Yeah, they, we couldn't say more about uh, being partners with them. We absolutely love it. We waited a long mm-hmm. time to find a sponsorship. We wanted it to be very synergistic and uh, work with both Tiffany and I. And boy, we couldn't have asked for a better one. So check them out. Thrive, no, we sure Pro- Thrive Probiotic. I am tongue-tied today. Make sure to follow Thyroid Nation at thyroidnation.com on Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, pretty much everywhere. And on Facebook, we have a Hashimoto's uh, and Graves 
support group. We put all of the upcoming guests in there so you can kind of know what's going on. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Dana and I always want to remind you, and Dr. Keisha as well today brought it up multiple times, that you are individual, beautifully, uniquely designed and, and to listen to yourself. So please make sure that you are taking continual evaluations with yourself and listening to what your body has to say. I mean, it just, everything is there. You just have to listen. Just be mindful of what it's telling you. Absolutely. Be mindful and listen because it talks. So sometimes we try to quiet it and uh, we've kind of grown up not listening and it's really important. Right. Mm -hmm. Really important. I try to teach my kids that as well. And my husband. Well, you know, who knows if that's ever going to stick. But it's good to listen to your body. It is pretty smart. Be mindful of what it is telling you. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Dana. And Tiffany. Your Thyroid Nation Thrivers, bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. See you next week. Bye.